welcome back to the latest episode of The Table with Nisha Nicole and Christopher Dallas. And here at The Table, we talk about life, love, dating, and of course, sex. And we do so in a way that's fun and uplifting without all the division and dissent that you often see and hear online. We do often see that online. Yes, too much. (laughs) Too much. Nisha Nicole and I have been friends for about uh, 20 years and number one. We wanted to bring you guys inside of our friendship because number two, we've each individually been through every single aspect and element within the realm of sex, love, and dating, meaning married life, single life, and divorced. (laughs) And with that background being stated, let's set up the show for today. About 30 minutes into the show, we'll set up our, we'll have our show topic of today, which is about comparison being the thief of joy. How many of us compare our current lovers or people we would love to meet in the future to people we've dated in the past. Mm. Mm-hmm. But 15 minutes into the show, we'll talk about Joe Budden, not Joe Biden, Joe Budden, former art musical artist Joe Budden, and the topic, which is important for us, of stealthing. I think we have some audio to be able to play during that. But we start off every single episode of this podcast with the Monday Morning Report. Nisha Nicole, what do you have yeah. for us today? Oh, well, what do you have? What do you have? That's what they say at the varsity. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, downtown the varsity, right there by Georgia Tech campus. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, so I actually have a Monday morning report. What? Yes, I Let's went go. on I went on a date, a first okay. date. Okay. I don't know what came over me. Maybe a little boredom, maybe a little loneliness, but you I got fired, on an app. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I figured that's where you were going with that. And as I was signing up, which one? I'm, I got on Hinge. Okay. Okay. And I I was signing up and I was like, why am I doing this? Why? Why? (laughs) So anyway, I got on there and within a short amount of time, I start um, messaging with this this one gentleman back and forth. And he was like, so I I did something different. I tried a round of quick fire questions. I was like. While you were going back and forth on the the app. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, here's the quick fire questions for you. Like talk or text. Um, what what were some of the other things I asked? Oh, liquor or wine. You were asking and, him whether he liked to talk or whether or not he liked to yes, text. Yes, just gotcha. just some just something to kind of spark conversation because I hate the little small talk stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. Beer, wine, or liquor? Okay. Yeah. So we yeah. we did that. He thought that was really cute. So coffee, tea, was, or milk? Okay. Okay, not quite. Oh, but anyway, so so then he asked for my number and so we exchanged numbers and we talked and and um so we decided to meet for a drink. Mm-hmm. And so now the first thing I, I didn't really like his voice. Have you ever had something like petty that you didn't like about a person? <laughs> We're gonna talk about that in the comparison <laughs> section, of course. <laughs> It was like because he had his pictures and he seems like a, a bigger guy in stature yeah. oh. and his voice was like, Hey, how's it going? And I'm like, not match. Like oh, my laughing. Right. So anyway, so I was I was like, this is not gonna deter me. So we decided to meet at this bar. And as I'm walking in the bar, he you know, he told me what he was gonna be wearing. How I, quickly did it go from you guys talking on the app to meeting at the bar? Um and the next day we met the, we met up the next you day go. you know i don't like to waste time i, I believe it like i, I want to get that that initial meet up as soon as possible so i'm walking in the bar and i see him sitting at the bar based on what he's what he told me he would be wearing so mm-hmm. i'm walking towards him and i look up and i lock eyes with the most debonair man i've ever seen in that's, my life that's not him no, it's not him. And this man is just looking so freaking gorgeous. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I think that might be right my behind him. Oh, mate. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, like, I'm about to fall off this chair. <laughs> it was at that moment that I felt like I, this is not going to be good. Oh, my goodness. So, anyway, I, I went and sat down next to him and chatted with him. And the guy, actually came up like beside him and was ordering a drink and i'm just sitting there trying not to stare at this man that was just captivating my attention no way yeah Mm -hmm. this is at the bar you guys are sitting at the bar and he's trying to get your attention and hey nice to meet you and blah blah blah. well well nice to meet you and then you know mr (laughs) debonair man it's like yeah let me get uh 
more um, Debernay drinks <laughs> with a side of extra handsome. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, if I was close enough to him, I guarantee you that man smelled good. He just looked uh, like a man right, that just right, smells right, so right, good. Anyway, right, right. that's not the point. The point is, oh, and then here's something that was so freakishly weird. My actual date, I had an uncle who is only 10 years older than me. So we grew up kind of like brother and sister. Okay. When in his pictures, he didn't resemble him to me. In person, he was, he looked so much like him. Something about his eyes that it literally like shocked me. So like this I, guy that your date that is near the debonair man is yes. also reminding you of a family member. Yes, and my family member passed away two years ago. Oh, I'm, my, and my I'm it just threw me for a loop. So I yeah. like I ended up taking a picture and sending it to the family group chat. Like you got look at this man. Yeah, wow, wow. And so, but anyway, long story short, cool guy, nice, but I it's just not there. Oh, he's. Like, I like men who are witty. And when I say witty, I think of someone who has a smart sense of humor. Okay. He has a silly sense of humor. And it's yeah. annoying. Like, Aww. he would say little things that, like, it was like, I told him at one point, I think you say things just to see what kind of reaction you get out of people. Okay. And he said, yeah, yeah, I, I like I like that. <laughs> he was enthused by that. Why? He was enthused by your assessment of him. Yeah, he was, I was like, why he was like it's fun i was like to you like he at one point at the bar he was like like let's say we're dating i was like okay and for christmas like i get you a box of dirt <laughs> and i said why would you do that he's like it's funny I, I give good gifts so you you know you would have a good gift i was like yes but why would you do that and he's, he's like, just saying it? that for the shock value of it. Yeah. First of all, your imitation of him is killing me, making me also like, hey. <laughs> Why would you get a, a, a Christmas dirt? That's funny. And I'm just like, it's annoying. Who wants dirt <laughs> for Christmas, whether it's a right. gag gift or not? It's Nobody would say that. Right. Annoying. And then he, yeah. and then another thing that annoyed me, I already knew I oh, wasn't man. really interested in him. Right. So we met at like a hotel bar. Okay. So, it the night we chose, there happened to be some conference in town, so it was more busy. The debonair handsome man conference, obviously. Yes, because he had on a name tag too. But anyway, <laughs> I did not Google that man. I promise you, I right, did not. Right, right. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so the 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 bar was a little crowded, and he would just turn off and start talking to people, mostly women, and it didn't bother me. Your date? Same. Yes, this it guy. Christmas yes. dirt guy? Christmas dirt Christmas guy. gift dirt guy. Christmas Started talking to other women. Well, that's your opportunity to go to talk to Hebonair Debonair Handsome Man <laughs> with the name tag. <laughs> Sir, so, what conference is it that you're, you're in? Right. What room are you in after that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not that forward. Okay, right. we've already established yeah. that. All right. But. Just in case. And I knew it's just because he's a, he's a very extroverted person. But. I couldn't hear what they were saying because I'm I'm it the bar is noisy enough to where I can't hear their conversation. Right, right. To the course. point where I could tell some of the, the ladies were a little uncomfortable because they would kind of look at me for confirmation, like, like, why is he talking to me when he's with you? Right. And I'm like, I don't care. I turned around and started talking <laughs> to the gay couple sitting next to me who okay. equally gorgeous. Okay. So I'm just it was just it was I thought that was very weird. Like I'm a people person too. And if I'm talking to someone else, cause I've talked to other people when I was at the bar before, like I've said before, but I'll bring them into the conversation. Sure, not, of course, that's the point. And usually I'm talking to other women. I'm not talking to other men. Absolutely. So anyway. I mean, that's a first date rule. Try to pay as much attention. Even if you're sitting at the bar and I've had plenty of first dates at a bar, even if you're sitting at a bar on a first date, if you're going to involve other people around you, and sometimes that happens, involve your date in the conversation as well. Yes. If you can. If you can, so yeah, uh, yeah, he's he's been asking for a second date, but uh, I don't think it's gonna happen. So it wasn't just that this handsome debonair man from this conference with the name tag was uh was nearby. It doesn't sound like he would have been the winner, regardless. No, Christmas third no. gift man. Yeah, he, no, not not Christmas yeah. third gift guy. Oh man! <laughs> but he was a good tipper. Now I like that characteristic. He 
okay. tipped he tipped everyone well. He valeted my car, tipped the guy well. I, I just think that that's a good characteristic in a yeah. person. So is it you value other people? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so many people devalue uh, people who are in a service capacity. And some people think that that's beneath them to have to do anything. It's just, just view them as beneath them. I've definitely been in dating situations where women feel that way so yeah i get you yeah so i'm trying to figure out how to friends on him because i think he's a great guy he's just <laughs> not dating material yeah but i suck at that so i don't i'm i won't ghost him though because i hate to be ghosted so. which brings me to my monday morning report go ahead, please go ahead <laughs> so so i'm gonna wrap it up exactly as you were saying how do i bring this guy into the friend zone because i don't want to ghost him and i just realized i just ghosted somebody well I want you, I want you to tell me if this is ghosting. I didn't even think about it. I was like, wow, I just ghosted her. Okay. I wasn't thinking about it, friend zoning, but that's my Monday morning report. I want to get into it if you don't have anything further to be able to add to let's, yours. Let's go. I'm, I'm ready for this one. So it's been about a month now since D.C. had one of its most famous street festivals. The H Street Festival, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't been to Washington, D.C., in mid-September is dynamite. It is 15 blocks of street parties of musicians, food, uh, up and down, bars that are open. It is normally a bustling Mm, restaurant slash bar district, but on mid-September, third week, in third Saturday in September, it is awesome. On that day, a friend of a friend, I got her phone number, and we were texting back and forth as I was still traveling a little bit for work here and there, back and forth. We didn't never did set up a hardcore date. Mm-hmm. And then I realized um, when I came back to D.C. from all my traveling, she's like, hey, do you want to go to, uh, com- I hate this name, Commander's Game, um xyz home game that they're going to she asked me that on one particular sunday morning on the day of the game but plenty of time plenty enough time for me to be able to make it and i was like nah i, I can't make that i probably could have but i was if really if you were tired. interested you probably would have if i was absolutely thought she was the woman of my dreams i absolutely would have made it but i was really tired but the point is that in the back of my mind i was going to make some secondary plans to be able to go out and hang out with her in the back of my mind i was thinking oh, i'm not going to make the football game but i'll hang out with her and then i realized oh shit weeks have gone by and i haven't done anything <laughs> since then and i just thought about it before the monday morning report of like did i just ghost her oh my goodness is that ghosting did I just ghost her? It is ghosting. This no is your way. second ghost story. Then. But 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 then I thought I never really did go out with her. We never did really have protracted stories okay, or, or conversations on the phone, right? There there are levels to ghosting. Yeah. So when you just fall off the map, that's. But here's the caveat. Okay. Has she contacted you since then? She did not. Okay, so technically, it's kind of not ghosting because ah. to me, ghosting is if she had re- reached out to you and you don't respond. Right, yeah. The last back and forth that we had is me saying that I would not be able to make said NFL game. Yeah, so sounds like she just kind of backed off. She was like, he's not feeling it. I'm just going to back off. And then you equally backed off, and then th- there's just no more communication. To me, that's not really ghosting. Upon further review, uh, it looks like Christopher Dallas is not guilty of, of, of ghosting. We'll replay the down. All right. So <laughs> the big picture that I wanted to be able to bring up, since this is not ghosting, or whether it was or, or isn't, is sometimes it has nothing to do with the person. I just got so busy with everything else. Now, you're right. Had this been some woman of my dreams that I, as we'll get into later on, the comparison story, some lab creation woman that had everything that I ever wanted. And I was able to sense that even amongst the street festival when we initially met, then, yes, I probably would have gone to the football game. Or if I really couldn't make the football game, I would have rescheduled it. But sometimes in the mean, in the middle of, yeah, she would be cool to hang out with, maybe get a chance to know her when the rest of life turns up and the rest of life has turned up in my life. I. Man, weeks went by and I realized I didn't even get back to it. And I apologize. Yeah, to me, yeah, that just says that the interest level wasn't there for whatever reason. Yeah. Maybe it's because of your schedule. You could have been attracted to her or whatever. But 
the the level of interest just wasn't there. Drinking and in the moment and having a good time at the festival. Yeah, she seemed like somebody interesting. I do remember thinking to myself, and like it wasn't like I was super attracted to her, but I thought she was very interesting as a conversationalist. And I was like, I bet you if I one-on-one had a conversation with her at a bar, whether or not some gorgeous woman was standing right behind her or not <laughs> with a name tag on, and she was talking about giving me Christmas gifts with uh, with with soil and dirt, um, <laughs> Whether or not that happened, I thought she would be an interesting conversationalist. I remember thinking that at the time that I got her phone number, but then weeks went by and nothing ever happened. And I hate that for the universe. I hate that. Okay. I hate it too. I hate yeah. it too. But yeah. but no ghosting on this play. On this on this play. No, yeah. no, I I um I hereby dismiss the charges of ghosting on your part. Thank you, Rana. Uh, I'm free to go. I'm free to go. <laughs> You're free to go. You're Bailiff. To go. I'm out. So We'll oh. see. We'll see what happens okay. in the next couple of weeks. I'm proud that you had somewhat of a Monday morning report. So thank you. Thank you it so makes, much. It makes the show yeah. much more interesting. Oh, I got tons of retro Monday morning reports. Yeah, but we want to know. We next time know I got a next now. week, I got another anniversary of a huge Monday morning report coming up. That's going to be amazing. But <laughs> that is for next time. Right now, is anything like last the last week? It is almost it like is. last week. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sure we'll all be waited waiting with bated breath. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How about that buzz topic for today? What do we got? Whew, this is a buzz topic that gets me heated. Heated. Okay. Okay. So recently the 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 popular podcaster Joe Budden, I don't know if this was on his podcast or on a different podcast, but some kind of way the, the conversation came up about going through women's um, medicine cabinets to see what medicine she was on. And they started talking about STDs and condoms. Okay. And this is what Joe Budden had to say. I'm going to play the audio because there's no way I can describe this in a way that people would actually understand why it upsets me. Hold on. You do the... Shit, even I done walked in the corner and fake like I was putting a condom on before. <laughs> that should be working. What? <laughs> They're none the wiser. <laughs> what do you mean, what? Yes, you, I did that. You, you faked the put one thousand percent. That was that was my that was my poor. I'm asking. That was my poor no. execution of my of my plan after I mastered it, which was to just bust through the lambskin. <laughs> Let me go find. I don't know if I ever use a lamp. Let me go kid. find the thinnest condom you, in the world. You, you, you bastard doing bust, that, huh? <laughs> bust through it. Yeah. You plan to bust? Yeah, I'm not having it. But... <laughs> <laughs> what? That's enough of that. Okay. I'm disgusted. Yeah, 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 yeah. A whole lot of people would be pretty upset at that. I think they would be upset about the the way that everybody was laughing about it. You know. I, I got one question off the top. I was like, I don't want to bust through condoms or fake condoms with a whole bunch of women that the reason I'm wearing the condom is because I don't know what she got or I don't know, I don't want to get this woman pregnant. Like, I'm wearing a condom because of that. <sighs> I Like, why would busting through a condom be a good thing? When you're a trash-ass human... That's when, that's when, yeah. And it doesn't matter because the only thing that you care about yeah. is your personal enjoyment. Correct. It does not matter what the other person desires. It doesn't matter the fact that this other person thought that you guys had an agreement that you would use a condom. It doesn't right. even matter if she's not safe, if she has a, has a, a disease or anything or, or some crazy chick that get, I don't want to have a baby with get pregnant because right. at that time in his mind his trash ass mind it's all about what he wants and they have since pulled this episode and they yeah. and it's, it's been scrubbed from the internet of course mm. not before people get screen grabs and of course of course of course um but another thing that bothered me is the amount of men that said clearly he was joking. You guys are way too sensitive these mm, days. Mm. No, I didn't get the said, sense that he was. I did not no, get the sense that he was joking at all. He, he said one thousand percent. He said one thousand percent, not a hundred percent, not one hundred and fifty. He said one thousand percent. I've done this, and that was before I perfected 
I used to just condom. pretend to put on a condom, but yeah. that was child's play. Finding the thinnest condom possible is get the thinnest one and actually bust through it, and then you just seem like someone who something bad happened to not not a jerk that actually did something on purpose you want to tell the audience again in case they didn't hear our earlier episode a brief story of of, of why this is so personal for you nisha nicole this is personal for me is because because i have a child as a result of someone tampering with the condom there you go and that someone of course being my daughter's father but even without i mean even without that, it still bothers me that in t- in the year of our Lord, 2022, yeah. grown men will get in front of a microphone and cameras and admit that they have violated someone else's right in their body. Which unfortunately means that there's enough people that are going to be able to admit to it on a microphone and camera. There's enough people that have done it. They won't admit to it on camera. They will have a, don't, don't have a microphone in front of them and have done this, which means it's a bigger problem. As we alluded to in our earlier episode discussing this, it's a bigger problem than we know about. Right. Uh, and just looking at no the There's no statistics number... that are going to keep it up, though, that are going to stay with it. What were you going to say? The number of what? And just looking at the comments and the number of men who were like, what's wrong like we've all i and one one comment i saw that said if men are honest i think all men have done this at one point in time and some lady corrected him and say no only certain types of guys have all done this and it's just like wow yeah you know so the only thing about the lady's comments was she's like uh a certain type of men you know I bet the statistics bear out that a whole bunch of guys do this. But unfortunately, in guy conversations at the bar, at the barbershop, nobody brings this up. I've never had this discussion. I didn't even know it was a thing until we talked about it before. Nobody brings up, hey, you ever stealth anybody? You know, you ever. Uh, I mean, of course, they're not going to use that terminology because most men, you most fake people don't even know that. I never even heard it, even from some of the, you know, the like I said, when we were having the bachelor party discussion. Uh, a few episodes ago. Some of the guys that I used to hang out with in my early 20s, I even never heard them talk about intentionally tampering with a a condom, trying to bust through it, picking out a thin condom. Because, again, I go back to my initial comment. I've heard guys way too many times talk about, oh, man, I should not have smashed that chick without a hat. I should have put on a condom. I can't believe I've done that. I've I've said to myself, like, oh, my God, did I just smash her? But I wake up in the morning or think about it the next day, whatever it was. I've heard that way more times than I've heard. I intentionally mess with the condom. What? Why? But so I do guess that it's happening here. And here's another reason why I I would propose that it probably isn't talked about. When you know you've done something that's creepy or borderline yeah. creepy, even when you're with your guys, you might not want to talk about that because you don't know if they're going to agree with you. Sure, of course, of course, of course. But of course. everything that I have seen and heard about Joe Budden has led me to believe that he's just not a person of strong character from things that I've heard about him in the business world to his personal life, even to when he was on reality shows and the way he reacted to his long t- to baby mamas or whatever he just just doesn't seem like a person that just has good character so for a man to defend him and say he was joking i'm like have you guys not seen his behavior like this is full on on brand for him (laughs) (laughs) like he recently had a, a a talk show that he I don't know if he was the producer or whatever with and there were three women who were co-host on there and that went down because of sexual harassment charges yeah so it i mean this is on brand for this guy yeah yeah i hear you i hear you i hear you but anyway i don't want to spend any more of my brain power okay. talking about him unless you had some final points that you wanted to bring up about i don't him. i really don't um i unfortunately there are no statistics that can bear out how frequently this happens unfortunately there aren't enough conversations as you well said behind it like nobody's going to bring this up in any capacity no matter how you define it or term it so you know what can we say and it's not even upon the women to say hey check and make sure there's a condom on it's too many times when that's impossible to do or you just take it for granted and if people are intentionally busting through condoms or even have the mentality to do that 
and not protect themselves. Again, I can't relate to not wanting to protect yourself. I can relate to being an idiot and not using a condom. Done that. But I can't relate to intentionally tearing or busting through a condom. I, I don't know what to say. So, yeah, we can move on. Okay. So, with that being said, you can go ahead and introduce the show topic for the day. You know, that was a heavy topic. And so, I'm going to need to recalibrate to a little bit more of a lighter tone. Yes. Um, uh, going back to what you talked about in the opening episode, right, of of of, of the Monday Morning Report, and I was like, you saw a guy that was way more handsome or was handsome and yeah. the guy that you were dating was not so much. The comparison that we do, does it get worse as we get older? Now, what you did in that bar could have happened at any age. You could be 22 years old, walk in and see somebody that you're going out on a first date with and see somebody across the bar or right next to him or right next to you that's more attractive. Boom. Yeah, at 22, I probably would have excused myself and found a way to talk to that guy. But Right, but what I'm saying is that <laughs> the setup, the setup yes, could be the same mean. no matter what age you are. But the older right. we get, the more we have people in our past that have some excellent quality that was good for us at that time that we were dating him. Maybe that we didn't end up, they didn't end up being the person that we were with forever and ever, but that quality or qualities that they had grow. And then the list of qualities that we like about the more and more people we date, does it become harder? This is a topic. Does it become harder and harder, more difficult, I should say, to be then finding somebody you can settle down with when you got all these people behind you that you wish you could make a lab creation partner with out of some of the great qualities of some of the people you, you, you've dated. Your thoughts? I I think that comes into play for sure. Okay. And I, I think it has an impact, but I don't think it's 100% detrimental. Okay. Why so? Because there is a positive side of this too, because as you had experience, as you've dated, you know what you're willing to accept and what you and know what works well and know what no what doesn't work well. So in while you may not be putting together that list of I need this right here from this person and this from this person, you still kind of have an idea of when you start seeing certain certain behaviors early on, you're like, uh oh, you know, I know I I can't date someone that's going to talk to me this way or that solves conflict this way. So is it harder or have we become more fine-tuned in recognizing what it is that we want or don't want? So I love what you said about being able to notice red flags. I know I love what you're saying, but I think that I was doing a decent enough job of eliminating red flags um, earlier in life, big, huge red flags, and not at least taking them to further girlfriend status, you know, wife, et cetera. But the older I get, I, I find I do compare, I do subconsciously compare um, previous relationships I, I, to to whom I'm dating. And and doesn't even have to be a previous relationship. It could have been just somebody that I was like really, really attracted to. And I want that sort of, here's, here's an example. Can I tell a story? Please. All right. Young lady um, from, a nurse from Oakland, California, Oakland, California, flew across country to see me. We were seeing each other back and forth across country, met at Essence Festival long, 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 long time ago, you know, prehistoric time, dinosaurs were roaming the earth. Anyways, she flew across <laughs> the country on a pterodactyl, landed in D.C., and we hung out one weekend up in Atlantic City. So drive the, fly to D.C., drive up to Atlantic City, and if you haven't been to Atlantic City, it's a little mix between Vegas and Miami, except it's not as nice. We get to the hotel. Hotel, okay. room, hotel room isn't quite ready yet. Hotel room isn't ready. She's looking really good. As soon as we get up to the room, Nisha Nicole, I am absolutely honored, inner, doing everything, fantastic, wonderful, ah, having great sex. I get up from it, get into the restroom, cleaning myself off, and I'm thinking to myself, and I'm even talking out loud to her. She's in the, you know, still in the in the in the bedroom part of our, our, our hotel room. I'm thinking to myself, all right, getting ready to hang out as I'm cleaning myself up. We're gonna get changed. We're gonna go out. We're gonna have a good time. All right, yeah, Atlantic City, baby, but I get it be on tonight. Mm -hmm. Walk back out, Nisha Nicole. I walk back out into the hotel room, and she there she is, out. still. No, no, no. There she still is, watching TV, on her stomach kicking her heels up against her butt, butt naked. And it was like somebody had forgot to tell me that there was a naked woman in my room. 
Like, even though I just had sex with her, even though I was just cleaning up in the restroom from her and sort of talking to her about where we were going to go naked, she was so attractive to me, and it's not just about her, because what I'm getting to is a bigger point, that, boom, my erection was back up and I was in her again. And I did that two more times before we finally made it back out. And she kept saying, mm, I thought we was going out. I thought we was going out. I, I, I keep thinking that I am, but I was just so attracted to her. What I'm saying is that everybody's got somebody that they were just super hot for everybody's got somebody that just did it for them. And at some point, it's a letdown when you meet somebody like you got the like your guy at the bar, which just isn't that, oh, I don't have that attraction. You think you would have it, or you probably would have it, for Mr. Name Tag Guy. This nurse from Oakland was somebody, again, it isn't just about her. It's about the specifics of how do you get past oh, that attraction that you have for somebody that's really, really high. It happens to be nurse from Oakland by humbug. What it really is is about everything else is sort of, ah, yeah, all right. Does that make sense? It makes sense, yeah. but at a certain point of maturity, you understand that that hot, hot attraction is not is not something that is is relationship sustaining. Of course, of course, so, of course. So yeah, we want that person that that is very attractive to us. But we also want that person who mentally stimulates us. Someone absolutely who so when we're talking about relationships, yeah, you want to be attracted to that person, but but there are also all these other things too. So there has to be kind of a scale. Absolutely. And the research I did, Nisha Nicole, behind this, because I did a lot of research and I did a lot of reading with this. Unfortunately, it was geared too much towards the story that I was just telling. It was about not comparing sexual partners to your current partner, not comparing sexual experiences or anything else. But what I'm talking about is just what you mentioned. What about when you have that level? And I'm using that nurse, for, uh, that nurse from Oakland as, a, as an example. What about when you have that with someone else on an intellectual level? What about when you have that on a friendship level? What about when you have that type of connection with somebody or somebody who really gets you and understands you and loves everything about you? All of those things throughout the course of time can make it more difficult to fit all of those into one person going forward without you, again, not consciously, but subconsciously comparing. Your thoughts? I I agree with that, <clears throat> in that it makes it difficult because I remember dating this guy. Yeah, and I I felt like this person understood me, mm -hmm. like as a as a whole, like he understood how I thought, how I processed information. Yes. He got my sense of humor. I got yes. his sense of humor, and it just felt like wow, this person, like, this is my person. Now, right. aside from all the bullshit that he did outside of that, <laughs> okay. from yeah. that point on, when I would start dating people, it was like, everything else just seemed lackluster because I felt like I was always, I felt like I had to explain who I was to people. They mm. didn't just get me. Like, he automatically seemed just, like, he just got me. So, there, there is some of that hesitation, but once again, it's, it doesn't mean that I'm not open to helping someone learn me either. How, how much can you help somebody learn you if they don't? Oh, there's a possess, limit now. Right. But they, they don't you want them to innately possess the trait to be able to learn whoever they're in a relationship with you included? I mean, I had an experience with a girlfriend in grad school who, God bless her. She was as sweet as, as cherry and apple pie combined. But she didn't know me from a can of paint, even though she was my full-out girlfriend. And just what you were saying, I can't teach her to innately know me or to know people. She didn't really get that deep into people, human beings. So you said there was a limit. Yeah. Where's and that's, that limit? To me, the limit is they might not get it naturally, but they're willing to listen to me when I teach, when I tell them certain things about me or they, they just have an openness for understanding me. Maybe they think completely different than me. So it may be difficult to understand me sometimes, but they're open to it. The The thing with this guy is we had very similar thought prep. Which guy thought is that? The, the guy that, the guy the that guy, got you completely? Yeah. Yeah. Because How long we did you process information the same. Mm, that's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't expect the person that I'm dating to process information the same way I do, but I want them to at least be open to understanding why I process information the way I do, 
or why I do things the way I do versus someone who, like the person you're talking about, it doesn't seem like she cared because everything was just hunky-dory to her. So that's not important to her to understand you. Am I wrong or am I right? She did care because she, she was confused about by you, it. But no, no, no. Yeah, right. She, I, I get what you were saying. Did she care enough about understanding me as a person? She didn't have the capacity for it because she didn't have that capacity. She didn't have that emotional attachment to anybody. She didn't have it for her mom. She didn't have it for her dad. She didn't have it for. She didn't have any siblings. So she talked about before that she's able to just cut people off pretty quickly because she doesn't get that in depth with anybody, even though things are hunky dory. She could just read the boyfriend, girlfriend manual and just be like, okay, we go to, we go to the movies, we go out to eat, we have sex, rinse, rinse, wash, repeat. That was her relationship. And to her, she was like, what, what else is there? Like, but I want you to know how I think. (laughs) But see, that's the thing. That's huge for some, for you to say that she doesn't have the capacity. Yes. To me, that's huge. The emotional capacity. That's, that's the cutoff right there. If you don't have the emotional capacity to, to at least try or work with me on this, it's a no go for me. See, I, I love that. I love what you're saying. And that brings me to the girlfriend that I had before then, when I first got to grad school, knew me inside out. I couldn't, we couldn't stop having conversations about the way each other thought, the way we saw the world. We absolutely saw life here on planet Earth exactly the same, but we had no sex life. The next girlfriend that I'm talking about that didn't have the capacity, awesome sex life. She was the sweetest pie, never argued. How many people would like to never argue and have great sex in a relationship with somebody who really cares about you and you care about them, but they don't get you. I I struggled so much with this second girlfriend that we're talking about, Nisha Nicole, because I was like, I'm a guy. I wrote a book, Christopher Dallas, Too Simple to Believe, that all guys need is sex, somebody who cares about their hobbies, food, and the game on, and will be happy. And yet, I was not. I still needed the rest of that intellectual stimulation. So basically, you... you um, What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. You... you um refuted your own theory i did i did i did so, i was too complicated to believe <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was yeah so because for i think a lot of guys that's true they would not have needed that additional intellectual stimulation could cook too what but you my friend who I who I've known for more than eh, two decades, twenty years, right? <laughs> you need that. Yes. My ex husband, yes. they would have lived happily ever after. The end. The end. Right. Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. Um, as as especially since she didn't she didn't even talk that much. She's a very quiet person. But even when I'm doing right now, I can get wistful thinking about how great the relationship was on a daily basis, even though I was missing that. I can get that way because I can think, wow, so peaceful. And that peace is not to be trivialized at all. And what I'm saying is that we'll try to piece together the perfect person. I don't know anybody who hasn't done this. I don't know any male or female friend of mine that hasn't gotten excited, even in a playful way, about making a lab creation person with two, three, four people of their past. Oh, if I could get this person's uh, affection and this person's brain and this person's sex skills and uh, the way I felt about her, uh, boom, put them in the lab, I'd go right down the aisle. Right? Yes? No? Maybe. Yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I, I, I definitely, I can make a list right now. <laughs> but, yes, <laughs> And I'm wondering if this is a problem that overthinkers have. <laughs> oh. Because on this podcast, you have two overthinkers. Oh. <laughs> I'm just, I just, I know some other other thinkers. Out there. Yeah, I do. I know some other thinkers out there who will absolutely outthink themselves all the time. Eventually, they'll outthink themselves. Yes, I know them. Um, and you're right. There are a lot of other people, but you know, I can think of. Then again, I, I agree with you, but I know of other people who are still comparing, even if just in a sexual way, their current level to their previous levels, and and having problems with it. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think we all do, but it's how much you do it. Um, 
like like we said there are some people who are okay with not with with having someone that doesn't stimulate them intellectually i mean but of course. And, and then so i don't know i just i i don't look at it as, as a doom and gloom thing and say because i have these comparisons i just feel like it helps us fine tune because what i will not do is be is settle on certain things that i know i need to be happy and fulfilled just for the sake of being in a relationship and it may that means it may take me longer to find someone but i'm not going to say that it won't happen just because i i am i have these set of of standards or ideals when it comes to to my next relationship I hear you. I hear you. I just and the only way you get that is from past experiences. So it's natural to compare to what you've had before because it teaches us not only what we like but also what we with what we dislike. I, I agree with that. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree, and I disagree. I agree that it's going to be able to the experience is going to be able to tell us exactly what we don't like. But I feel like I painted myself into a corner. I know exactly what I don't like. I know what I need, but it's going to be harder and harder to be able to find it. Because I've experienced all the rest of these things at a higher level, intellectual stimulation, love, sex, friendship, laughter, all those things at a high level. Uh, the uh, Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, Nish Nicole. I, I just feel like the the longer we date, the more these stories and experiences pile up. And, and I know that that could be a way, and I wrote this down in my notes. You're right. I wrote this down that the solution to be able to let these experiences shape to know what you need versus what you want, what you need versus what you want. I don't, I don't need somebody with a high attraction level like I had with a nurse in Oakland. That's an extreme case. I don't need that to have a successful relationship, just that I've experienced it. I don't need the high level of intellectual stimulation that I had with this one sister from Annapolis who's been starring in some movies with Denzel Washington recently. I've seen her in the background. I had to say like, wow, that's her again in another Denzel uh, movie, Washington. But I mean, she was so smart, Nisha Nicole, she compared, compared 15th century Western European polit political ideologies to current Reagan era economic policies and mm. talk about, you know, SB2 orbitals to galaxy level universal expansion faster than the speed of light. She was super, super smart, and I always felt like I was in awe of her big brain, but she was also an international hobo living in Toronto, living in L.A., <laughs> living in uh, St. Martinique, with an all in the span of the same year. I'm like, I, she's like, well, I, my family's in Annapolis, so I'll always be able to see you, but I never settled down in any one place. So that was that for a relationship, thought the world of her. So there was always a give and take with that. But that type of intellectual stimulation, that type of sexual, that type of friendship, laughter, everything, I feel like, to be honest, I painted myself into a corner. I mean, you could have always picked up and become a nomad and moved around with her. Yeah, yeah. I, know. <laughs> I, I can't. She was in Toronto in January. No. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. See, that right there is a yeah. total deal breaker for me. Like, yeah, no right. <laughs> Yeah. DC is cold enough in January. <laughs> DC is Toronto? no match for anything above the Canadian border in January. No match at all. It might as well be Florida in comparison. Right, but you're right. right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. But it wasn't about where she was living and whether or not it was cold in January. It was about every every three months she was somewhere else. And that was way before I was married. So I don't know where she is now. Somewhere combing the beach in the Maldives, you know. But anyways. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like someone who's totally not even interested in settling down. Unless nope. it just like she was invested in her lifestyle. Yep. <laughs> Sleeping I on people's couches, going here and there, pursuing whatever uh, artist dreams she had. But she was a super, 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 super brainiac. Well, so how, I mean, what's the, what's, what's the resolution? You said you, know, you feel like you've painted yourself into a corner. So I have. And Especially I didn't when you put that five mile radius on it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't want to date anybody outside of five miles away. I don't want to go far. I don't, oh my God. You, know. you have definitely <laughs> painted yourself into a geographic corner at the least with that one. You know, I I, I drive around uh, the Washington, Baltimore, Wilmington, Delaware, Annapolis, metropolitan areas uh, for uh, for a living for my actual day job. And I go past places where I used to date a woman here and a woman there. And I'd be like, I would never drive this far again to be able to date somebody. If you don't live in... <laughs> 
the zip code adjacent to mine, then yeah, I'm pretty not interested. That's oh too much work. But so, oh I mean, that is joking. That is joking. That is mostly joking. But mostly joking is the part. Mostly, mostly. Yeah, I'll go one more zip code out, outside the, the realm. Wow. Another layer. I'll go. I'll go six miles away if if, if it's not too much traffic. Um, but where does that actually leave me? Nisha Nicole, I agree with you that the basis of our experiences should be to harpoon our intentions for the person that meets the qualifications that we know what we need. And our experiences should point us in the direction of here's what you need. Here's what you want. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. life isn't just going to deal us those cards. Like, we don't know who we're going to be able to meet when we go out to the bar on a first date from somebody we met on Hinge when we just were firing off questions on, you know, truth or dare. So when we meet that person, we have to work with what we have. And that's where I feel like, ah, eh, these these conversations then become fluid. In a perfect world, in a perfect vacuum, what you're talking about is perfect. Go out there to the bar and try that. I will. I'll, I'll try it. Go out to the bar and find the guy with the name tag. Might have been with the other gay couple. It might have been a gay <laughs> man's convention or something like that. And he's not even interested in bringing back, bringing you back to his room three sixteen in this hotel. He's not interested in women. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. So the the point, I guess, is that even though these things do kind of paint us into a corner, and using your words or make it more challenging. I don't think we should look at it as impossible. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's a good thing to know what your limits are, what drives you and what makes you happy. Because when you know those things, think about how much more fulfilling it is when you do actually find that diamond in the rough. Say that again. Are you falling asleep on me? Not at all. I just need to, <laughs> I need to, I need to absorb that again. When you do find that diamond in the rough. When you know the things that drive you, the things that make you feel happy and fulfilled, and you know what the, what that looks like for you, when you find it, how much more happy is it going to make you? When I find it, you mean when I go to the lab and create it, you know, because we can get some molecular okay. biology going on here now. This is, I don't know what is going on with you, my friend, protein. because yeah. this is, you are sounding so doom and gloom. Right <laughs> and I'm normally the I eternal optimist, like right? I don't like it. I'm normally the eternal optimist. Yes. I'm always optimistic. You know, I'm optimistic about the world and about the planet and about human civilization and the advancements that we're going to do and if we're going to be in great places with emotional intelligence going forward. I don't know if I feel optimistic about my own dating capacity, which is why I sit here in Bah Humbug land. Bah Humbug. Yeah, (laughs) and that's the difference because I'm more optimistic about the relationship side and you're more optimistic about humanity so oh. i guess that's what makes us a good a perfect podcast pair yeah yeah humanity is going to be amazing just amazing i'm just not going to live long enough to see it all all the things uh, that i know are going to happen okay so well i think we can go ahead yeah. and um talk about what we bring to the table this week because that discussion will not have a resolution agreed 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 um you want to go first Yes, I'll go first. So okay. you're going to tell tell the audience what it is that, you know, explain. You, you, do, you do a good little blurb on the table <laughs> well, At the end part. of every show we bring, <laughs> yeah. we talk about, at the end of every show we talk about what we're bringing to the table. And I don't mean to know times of way of, uh, I got a great job, or I make a lot of money, or I got big boobs, or I really can cook. I mean, something intrinsic about ourselves that we bring from an emotional intelligence perspective, something that we bring to the table that is unique. Every single week we talk about something and we hope it could be a takeaway for what others can bring to their proverbial tables inside of a relationship. Nisha Nicole, you're on. So this week, in lo- in light of our conversation, I thought about what, what I would bring to the table. And with 50-something episodes, it becomes more difficult every week. Okay. <laughs> but based on our conversation today, I realized that I am bringing... Authentic, personalized love. Authentic, personalized love. APL. Okay. (laughs) APL. What I mean by that is when I fall in love with a person, 
they should know I am falling in love with you for exactly who you are mm. and what and the things that I love about you. Preach. I'm not falling in love with you because of a job, because of the type of lifestyle you live or just your looks or loan or your sex. I am falling in love with the person, the actual person that you are, the way you think, the way you process information, the way you treat others around you, the way you treat me, the way you interact with me. And I, I and that is what I'm bringing to the, to the table. And I feel like at some level, we that's what we all want is for someone to love us for who we are and not just what we have or how we look. You should have gone second. That should have closed the show. That was awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. That was awesome. Yeah, I got to go in a different direction. <laughs> I should have gone first. I knew it. I knew it. I should have gone first. <laughs> All right. So what I'm bringing to the show after that wonderful, fantastic soliloquy that you just gave um, was about arguing above the belt, arguing above the belt, not hitting above, below the belt, below the belt when it comes to arguing. You know, um, too many times, I think, and we may be able to talk about this in our next show, we don't realize that we're trying to emotionally displace how we feel in an argument onto the other person. We might feel hurt by certain comments or something that's been happening to over and over, and we try to emotionally damage the other person. We try to equal that off by calling them names, saying whatever, digging into something else that they've done previously, instead of just directly addressing the issue. And I've experienced this too many times, and I've even dealt this out a couple of times in, in past relationships where I need to always make sure not to bring my emotions and not to hit below the belt, arguing above the belt, discussions above the belt when having these discussions inside of a relationship. Address the issue, clarify, know what you're talking about. I know it takes both sides, but even if you're working with somebody else that's worked up, you can still get them to be calm if you remain calm as well. So arguing above the belt is what I was going to bring to the table. What I am bringing to the table for this particular episode for today. So that's all I got. Tell the people where they can find us. All right. You can find us on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. And of course, you can always reach out to us via our email and ask the table at gmail.com. Is it ask the table, ask the table pod? Oh, Lord. I think it's ask the table pod at gmail.com cool. where you can send us your feedback and um, even show ideas or you can give us your own Monday morning reports that would be super fun if we could read your Monday morning reports yes. but also always remember just share with your, with your friends like subscribe all of that good stuff and until then we'll see you next time have a great week have a great week